What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 62 of the Around the Crease podcast. This week, we're talking a little bit of New England lacrosse, and we're also talking about what it's like to be a high school referee. And we're starting now. Welcome back to this week's episode, and you're going to notice that it's a little bit different this week um, due to some travel arrangements that Michael Ward and I have going on next week. I recorded a previous episode with Matt Noonan. He is a reporter out of the New England area. He runs NoontimeLacrosse.com. Um, you can find him at NoontimeLax on Twitter. You'll get all the details at the end of the show. Well, we talked with him a little bit about New England lacrosse. We covered a little bit of Massachusetts, a little bit of Connecticut, a little bit of Vermont, Maine, all the New England areas. But he is also a newly minted high school referee. So I wanted to get his perspective on what it was like from that aspect because I know a lot of us like to blame the zebras and what's going on. And we've heard all the reports of the shortage of referees in our sport. So I wanted to talk to him about, from his perspective, why he got into it what it is about it that he enjoys so much, and he also gives us some insight on what some of the older refs that have been doing it for a while, what they've seen. So we're going to get into this conversation right now. All right, I'm here with Matt Noonan. He's the uh, founder and editor of NoontimeSports.com. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Massachusetts lacrosse, and also as a newly minted uh, lacrosse referee, we're going to get into that conversation a little bit later as well, so you're definitely going to want to stick around for that one. Uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be with you here, Mike. Uh, a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's yeah, it's it's cr- right right outside our window. It feels like it's winter, but uh, it is lacrosse is lacrosse season. So uh, excited to be talking with you. Yeah, and exactly. We we had spring weather in Chicago literally the last couple days, and then it dropped down to the twenties today. So I I don't know what's going on. I don't know what we call this at, at this point in time. Yeah. But we have we have weather. That's about the extent of it at, at this point. But uh, I know up your way, you guys are still pretty new into your season so far and I know there's probably not like a ton of you know surprises and stuff like that but what's been kind of the early season news coming out of Massachusetts so far sure and I think you hit the the nail on the head Mike I mean I think you know right now it's 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 all games in I think a lot trying to kind of get their you know I would not say sea legs but almost in a way trying to get their their you know their uh, rhythm going too yeah you know we were talking off air about one particular game that definitely uh you know it's only two games in but they seem to have definitely uh definitely kind of seem to be in mid-season form that's medfield you know they've been a team obviously in the tri-valley league i'm familiar with them being a tvl alum that went to westwood high school so uh getting to see the wolverines last year beat uh walpole in the uh in a sectional five semi-final before losing to Concord carlisle um, was pretty cool to watch because I know when I was in high school, early 2000s, we would have never beaten Walpole. So um, not surprised to see Medfield, you know, with the 18 to six win, uh, you know, the other night and, and, you know, over Westwood here too. And Medfield obviously came out of the gates flying. They beat Norwood, I believe 21 to one, two uh, last week. So, you know, coach Isif obviously has got a team right there in division two that I think you got to keep an eye on. And again, he's, you know, led them to, you know, three state titles from 2014 to 2016. So, yeah. Uh, I, I never would count out the Warriors, especially this early on as well. Uh, another team that I, I highlighted and obviously we cross-promoted over uh, social media is, is Hingham. Uh, big wins recently over Catholic Memorial and St. John's Prep. They actually have an interesting game coming up against, uh, I was going to say, um, Simsbury, I believe, coming up about Connecticut, which is great to you know talk about because yeah. you know that just becomes, as you know, obviously from covering high school across and especially the Northeast, 
it is really more becoming a lot more Massachusetts teams are playing Connecticut or Connecticut's coming up to Massachusetts or, you know, Bishop Gurdens or the Pinkerton Academies are coming down yeah. to play the Massachusetts teams too. Um, I think we saw last uh, last week, I think you and I were both tagged in a tweet about Thornton Academy of Maine uh, coming down to, I think, play Portsmouth or play someone, you know, from New Hampshire. So I think it's great. I think it's great to see those, you know, those, those cross New England rivalries here too. Um, you know, over the years, I don't think it's happening this year, but remember Duxbury has played Garden City over the years too. So yeah. um, I think it's a little bit early on to definitely tell here too. You know, typical kind of, uh, a lot of teams trying to figure it out. But I, I think, you know, uh, Hingham and Medfield have certainly uh, stolen a lot of the uh, the headlines here too. I can't. Yeah, I was going to say that that Medfield team. I I was gonna say midfield. I know I, I can't. I don't didn't don't have the scores in front of me, but I do remember. Re- I read an article today about talking about they 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 seem to be back. And I, I forget what the quote was, but it's basically like they're playing a little bit angry. <laughs> seem to yeah, be no, early oh, in the season after I mean, not winning it. Yeah, oh, no, they, they absolutely are. I mean, you know, they, they are the team that's always been. Even when I was in high school, you know, I graduated high school in '06, and you know, when I've come back to the area after graduating college. The Medfield Westwood rivalry is an interesting one, even for not just lacrosse, but you know they're they're you know literally ta- they're right next to each other. Dover's obviously right in between too. So you have that you know that Tri Valley League or Route One Nine kind of you know matchup there. Medway's down the way to Holliston, and uh, so you know yeah, absolutely. And Coach Isip has done just a fantastic job, as we both yeah. know. Um, again, they're off to a two and zero start, and you know, they were leading, you know, by set. They had 17 goals, I believe, by, you know, going into the fourth quarter. And, you know, you have, um, you know, Hup, uh, Mike Hupman and uh, Jack Sherman and uh, Jack McCordick and just kind of just getting it done right there as well. And, you know, I know Coach Isaac was saying to one of the reporters from the Boston Globe was saying about, hey, it wasn't he wanted to see that solid three quarter effort in the fourth quarter. So something to definitely keep an eye on here too. Um, mentioned Conquer Carlisle. Finally got that, you know, Coach Delacondro's team coming off the, D2 state championships uh, set back to Redding. Redding's been kind of quiet, I feel like, flying under the radar a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah, they've um, always been a solid program as well. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, they came into the week, obviously, with wins over Austin Prep and Marblehead. And, um, you know, Marblehead obviously recently scoring a win over uh, Westford Academy. And, you know, Marblehead's a, a team in the North Shore, obviously, that we're familiar with. And they're going to be challenging themselves with taking on Hamden Hall from Connecticut, uh, you know, on Friday before clashing with Maskinama next week. And, so, you know, I think, again, right now it's it's still early on, and uh, a lot of teams are definitely trying to kind of figure themselves out right now here, too. Maskinomit, of course, is, uh, you know, beat, won yesterday, and um, I think one of the other big wins to, to kind of highlight too early on, we talked about St. John's Prep, but, uh, you know, they've rebounded since that loss to Hingham, and, you know, they had a big you know Catholic Conference win the other night, uh, thanks to Pat Keefe, you know, who scored the overtime goal for uh, St. John's Prep to beat uh, BC High, so... And BC High is something we were, it was a school we were talking about, new coach, um, obviously new kind of, you know, coming into the season with the target on its back after winning the championship last year. And I was at that game, Mike, and it's still, you know, almost mind boggling to me because, you know, they, they played, uh, if I recall, you know, they played uh, an Acton-Boxborough team. And I saw Acton-Boxborough early on in the tournament. And when you look at Acton-Boxborough's, you know, path to getting there. I mean, they, they had a score, you know, they really got off to that easy win with Malden. Yeah. And then they beat St. John's Prep uh, in the quarterfinals. 
Uh, there was the overtime win that was seen, obviously, on social media. There's uh, someone out there that still has the, the game-winning video of, of the <laughs> celebration of the overtime goal when they beat Lincoln Sudbury. And then they beat a pretty talented Andover team that rented, you know, entered the tournament with the number eight seed. And, you know, Division One North, as we know, for MIA, when they get in, you have to talk about North Andover and, uh, you know, Chelmsford and, um, you know, uh, believe it or not, Medford was obviously up there. They beat Woburn uh, last year, too. I know Medford got a win, obviously, over um, – um, it was a say over Malden the other day too. They play in the Northeastern Conference, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I could go on and on here from the the eastern part of the state, but it's definitely you know it's still early on. And um, I was going to say we haven't heard from our friend out of Mount Greylock. I don't know what's going on with uh, with the Mounties right now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard too much about them. I know they had they've had they always seem to have a talented player or two um, coming out of there, but I, I they've been fairly quiet. And again, it still is early. It's still early in the season, so it's you true. know I usually it's check. Uh, <laughs> MassLive.com, and um, you know, I think unfortunately, as we've talked before, like it could, I don't know what their reporting situation is like, but it seems to be less stats than normally at this point in the year. But then again, you know, it still is early. Everybody's still getting. I know usually one of those things like newspapers, there's a little bit of that transition period between the um, uh, winter sports and the spring sports that uh, generally, you know. Guys can only be so many places at once. So we yeah, may not just have yeah. gotten there yet. I'm not going to discount Mount Greylock for having, you know, the one or two studs that they usually have um, <laughs> so far in the season. Uh, one thing I did want to ask is I know, and again, prefacing this with very early in the season, but uh, <laughs> Boston College High, mm-hmm. off to a little bit of a rough start so far, right? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, they were they checked in. They were one and one You know, they, they beat Cohasset. Cohasset, obviously, is a team that we both know is always in contention for the Division Three. Um, you know, they were up there, obviously, last year, I believe, with uh, with Dover Sherborne, if I was if I have that correct. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think BC High losing to St. John's Prep. Yeah, they, they were. They, they, you know, the defending Division Three champions. They beat Austin Prep and then beat DS uh, in the final 11 to three. Uh, yeah, BC High right now, and, and that's something we talk about with the new coach coming in. You know, they were one and one coming into this particular week. Um, you know, lost to St. John's Prep, obviously, and then they've got CM obviously this week too. So this is a big week for the Eagles here because right now I think you know uh, I I think Hingham in my mind, if you were to do a top ten or top fifteen. I think Hingham's got the edge over Severian Brothers, but yeah. again, I don't want to overlook BC, you know, Severian Brothers because you know they obviously I believe beat uh, BC High, so you know I, it's a toss-up right now here too. I don't want to overlook you know Duxbury. That's an interesting matchup coming up, I believe, uh, tomorrow on thir- or coming up on Thursday, so that'd be uh, April 11th. Uh, that's a game to certainly keep an eye on here too. Acton Boxborough again. We talked about uh, you know beating Melrose to kind of get their season started too. Uh, Reading as well. Um, I also don't want to overlook Coach Wainwright's squad with uh, with Needham because you know I'll be biased too. It was one of my first beats that I ever covered was the Needham Rockets, so I I never going to count out any Needham team until the final whistle sounds. And they seem to be doing pretty well. I know they had a big win yesterday over Milton, yeah. and uh, you know Milton's a lower lower end obviously in the Bay State Conference, but I think you know that there's it's it's there's a lot of parity already that's going on. But yeah, BC High right now. I'm not sure what's What's uh, what's going on with them too much? But uh, again, if they lose a CM, that's that's you know that's a, that's going to put them at one and three. And I almost feel like Mike a little behind the eight ball here, which I know might sound crazy saying this early on, but when you lose, if you lose a CM and you lose a St. John's Prep, that's two conference losses. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you always wonder with new coach, and I think uh, Coach Lydon, I believe it was, uh, he had stepped down, and I want to say he was stepped down kind of late um like i don't I can't yeah. remember when they're, i remember yeah. i saw it pretty late now granted that decision may have been made much earlier before they made the announcement because that coaching change happened very quickly 
um, as well. So, you know, there may have been some behind the scenes stuff people knew um, that we maybe just weren't public at that point. But uh, yeah, I always wondered like, you know, new, new coach, maybe new system, depending on everybody's kind of, you know, players got to get that, get used to and feel out. So like, I'm, I'm like you, I don't want to discount BC high so far and so early in the season, but it's always one of those like defending state champs and <laughs> right. coach with a little bit of a history behind them as well. Like, I think pe- like the articles I've been reading, they seemed a little bit surprised, you know, the losses vary and lost St. John's prep, like, yeah, okay, let's see. But uh, it went, what, four or five games into the season. I don't think anybody's ready to uh, burn it all to the ground and start over just yet. <laughs> and I just want to make a correction. It's actually, they're playing Cohasset. It's it's actually their first home game on Saturday, the 13th. So okay. uh, they're not, they're not playing, they will be playing CM later this month. So uh, they, they got a kind of a bear of a schedule here because they look at it, right? So they got Cohasset, then they've got to play Duxbury on Monday, Patriots Day here, which uh, for those of your listeners here in the Massachusetts, uh, New England area, Massachusetts. Uh, it's the start of obviously uh, you know school vacation week too, so you have games at all different times as well. Uh, big game obviously next Wednesday the the fifteenth. They're going to play away at Medfield. That's obviously a tough one too. Mm-hmm. Then they have Needham at home on uh, Saturday the twentieth, and then CM, and then uh, Malden Catholic, and then uh, they'll wrap up the month with a uh, games against BC High and Walpole. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 not going to be easy for these guys here too. Um, you know, and they've got to play Bill Ricker. They're going to play LaSalle Academy. Uh, which I believe is obviously a Rhode Island school, if I correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, a pretty good one too. <laughs> oh so, yeah, that's right. So yeah, Coach Gardner, look, he challenges his team. This is a very good program we've got, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't count out the Hawks too as well. So you know, if there's an overarching theme here, Mike, I would say uh, interesting outcomes already, but still a lot more, a lot more lacrosse left to be played. Yeah, and I think if anybody's going to take something away from this, you can realize the depth of the state. Obviously, Massachusetts has a storied history in, in lacrosse to begin with. I mean, um, we I don't even think we really mentioned Lincoln Sudbury, but Coach Vaughn has been pretty instrumental in helping me build out the Massachusetts page on Lax Records. Yep. And, I mean, I think we have every state champion in Massachusetts history, um, and I think we have actually every final uh, matchup in, in the history of the state. So, I mean, that's, I mean, it goes back to the seventies. So, yeah. I mean, we're talking, they got a long history and I mean, you can just hear how many teams, um, every one of those teams, anybody who follows high school lacrosse has probably heard those names, um, at some point if they're paying any attention about some of the teams. Cause well, I just want to, I just want to throw I just want to throw in here, by the way, they beat Pinkerton Academy today, which was a school we talked about a few seconds, a little while ago on the top yeah. of this, of this call. And, uh, so beating them 14 to five, that, that's a pretty convincing win. Yeah. Uh, and we both know, obviously Lincoln Sudbury alums are playing at all different levels. There's a couple of players in the, on the Endicott squad that have been tearing it up. And, um, there's obviously, it was to say, you know, uh, Eamon Hunter, uh, who's helping a, a lot with Grant Gregory who played for Dover Sherborne. I remember covering Grant obviously back in the day, <laughs> yeah. uh, both number seniors and trying to help BU, uh, win a, win its first ever Patriot league title. So, and there's been a lot of, you know, the cool thing about BU is that there's kind of that local tie where it's a, you know, it's a new program. It's a couple of years in and they're getting a lot of Massachusetts kids and New York kids and Connecticut kids, too. But uh, it's always good to see with your local kids that you're, you know, you cover and see, you know, playing and uh, getting to be able to help out, obviously, a local college team with BU. Coach Poli does a great job and uh, obviously a well-respected coach in the area. 
Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to catch up with you later in the year whenever you guys have probably because I think Massachusetts, you guys what have you generally like a twenty game schedule because I think BC won like yeah. twenty one last year or something like that. So you guys play. So there's a lot of lacrosse left. I mean, it was it's funny because we're recording this on a Wednesday night and uh, one of the teams in Florida mentioned this is their last regular season game of really? the year, wow. and I'm looking at you know the uh, New England area and you guys are you know three four games into the season so you know what one state's ending the other one's just starting so it's just kind of funny because you get that um i mean you the new england area you guys are among the last to start for obvious reasons with you know the weather is just going to push those starts start dates back because otherwise you're just going to end up with a raft of cancellations you know in march (laughs) you know why exactly that's why that's why they play the games in april may and june as they say around here yeah exactly exactly um so i don't have a grid really a good segue or transition into the refereeing refereeing portion of our call but that was one of the things we had talked about earlier is like um we talked about it weeks ago whenever you had just started but uh i found it interesting and um michael ward and i have talked in the past about just you know referees and it was one of those things i think before the season um well, not your season, but the some of the teams in Florida. I think it was Florida, Kentucky, North Carolina, and there may have been one other state that was sending out basically memos to coaches and I think parents in general about like talking about like there's a lack of referees in some of these states to ref games, and mm-hmm. that's becoming a problem. And the uh, a lot of referees are starting to age out. <laughs> like they're not getting the younger guys to come in and do it. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting to have your perspective because you're obviously a younger guy and you've just started uh, along this path. So kind of fill everybody in. Like, how did you? What what brought you to deciding you wanted to, to ref high school lacrosse games? Sure. So you know, I, 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 similar to you, you know, I've been having the good fortune of obviously being around a lot of the games. You know, lacrosse is definitely a sport. I'd say over the last couple of years that I've really kind of glommed on to and. Uh, it's it's a complicated sport. It's not a sport that you know. It's not like you know basketball or and, or a lot of sports have become. And oh, I, I don't want to take away basketball because again, I play basketball and obviously <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of friends that are ref basketball. So if they hear this, they're going to say, "Matt, you're nuts." Um, <laughs> I, I think that you know the thing is that you know the game is has changed so drastically, and you know I've had the good fortune of having a lot of friends that are referees or umpires for baseball or softball, and they've always encouraged me. They said, "Hey, if you love it, you know it's a great way to get to know the game better." And so. You know, initially I was going to do it last year, did not do it, decided to pursue it this year, and they needed us. I mean, there's, you know, no doubt, you're absolutely no doubt about it. You know, there's, there was definitely, and when I put it out on Twitter right before my first scrimmage a couple of weeks ago, actually, it was up in Reading, so I saw Coach Hardy and uh, the Rockets firsthand, but I didn't have my notebook there with me. <laughs> um, I'm sure that would look really great. Yeah, referee that also writes. Um, right. You know, I think the thing is that I would say, Mike, you know, it's, um, it's important. I mean, I think that, you know, this game is so, you know, is definitely growing, and uh, it's, it's the only way that obviously you're going to learn a lot more of it, uh, for any game, whether it's lacrosse, basketball, soccer, um, baseball is getting involved in a, some sort of coaching or, uh, officiating type of way. And, you know, my, my belief is that, Hey, you know, if, uh, if I can help with learning the game more, it's going to help me learn. I, you know, I've only done, I'm doing junior varsity prime, you know, primarily this year, yeah. a couple of freshman games too, but, uh, the talent's out there. I mean, I've already had two games already and I, you know, the coaches are passionate. The coaches know the game. Um, you know, so don't overlook and say, Oh, junior varsity and freshmen are a bunch of, you know, uh, coaches that don't know what they're doing here. These are individuals that have definitely taken the time to, you know, invest themselves in the sport. And, 
you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old. And, you know, so obviously, you know, on the, on the younger end of the spectrum, I think I'd say, too, I think there's a few others that are, you know, in our particular group on the eastern side, um, because Massachusetts, believe it or not, is divided to an east and a west, even though yeah. it's not that big of a state. And um, we're not mean like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, the thing is, I would say is that it's, um, you know, it's, it helps you learn the game and I just wanted to get into it and learn a little bit more. You know, I've been fortunate to be around athletics for a majority of my life and have worked at different levels, uh, whether it be in college or the high school world and, um, have a lot of respect for those that, you know, that officiate too. It's not an easy job. Um, I will give you that. I mean, I will say, you know, there are moments, you know, uh, and I've refed uh, other sports, uh, primarily, you know, uh, adult flag football leagues. Yeah. Sometimes you and you walk away and you say to yourself, hey, I missed that call. Um, you know, can I be honest? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I've missed a couple of calls, but I can definitely tell you from day one to day two, um, you know, I was fortunate enough there. I had a game last Thursday and a game last Friday. So I was able to, you know, have that quick turnarounds. And I was thinking, hey, guess what? Which is good because you want that quick turnaround yeah. to rather rather than, you know, to, to sit around and say, well, you know, when am I going to get that chance to to make the call that I missed right there too. Um, one of the things that I think all referees that I've definitely learned up right up here in uh, Eastern Massachusetts is that you're always going to make mistakes, but you're always going to learn, um, you know, what you need to do better. Um, coaches are definitely going to obviously have their opinions, um, but you know, you're out there to obviously do the best that you can and, you know, officiate a sport where uh, safety obviously is the biggest, uh, biggest concern, but also making sure that everyone obviously is abiding by the rules. And yeah. there's a lot of rules. I mean, the NFHS uh, obviously encompasses all 50 states, as we both know. So, you know, we're playing by the same rules as they are in Connecticut, as they are up in Maine. And, um, you know, we got to make sure that we know the rules backwards and forwards. There's a lot of rules, and a lot, a lot yeah. of things do um but it's it's been a good journey thus far and a good experience and uh you know i'm hoping to at some point you know some a, a colleague of mine actually had asked me um before you did too which was saying i, I really do would like to write something just about officiating and maybe just kind of uh, do that because i think that it's good to kind of give some insight about what an official goes through and um you know I've, some of my fans and friends have been able to see the stuff i've been able to do and i'll give a shout out to my fiance uh you know liz uh, harmouth obviously was a huge help with me the other night where uh, Sunday night and I said, Liz, I gotta, I gotta do another pump up video to get everyone ready to know, know that I'm going out to officiate. So, uh, I give her credit. She was the one that obviously, you know, did all <laughs> the movements right there too. So I can't take all the credit, but, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, definitely learning a lot more about the game. Yeah. So what was the process like of kind of getting started? Like for anybody who knows, like I know us lacrosse has their, their kind of, um, training program. Uh, I forget. I know there's an official term for it, but it's drawing, drawing a blank. But what was the process like of getting kind of getting started and h- how long did it take you? Sure. So the, the process, you know, was pretty simple. You know, there's uh, the Eastern Mass Lacrosse Officials Association. So EMLOA. There's also the Western Mass Lacrosse Officials Association, too. Uh, so there's websites out there with a lot of resources on there and a lot of contact people. So it was pretty simple. Just honestly, just um, getting in touch with uh, one of the, the head of people that teaches the course and uh, here on the eastern part of the state, we've got four different sections of where you're able to take them. You got to go to class, uh, so you got to, you know, it's like going to night class, but you got to go, you got to go to four of them. Um, you got to take a test. Uh, you got to obviously, you know, go through the uh, U.S. Lacrosse. Is got to join U.S. Lacrosse, and I think U.S. Lacrosse is a great resource. Um, you know, after my first game, one of the first things I did actually was I literally came home and I pulled up the YouTube uh, U.S. Lacrosse page, and they have a great kind of breakdown of. You know, you make the call type of, you know, they're 90 seconds or two minute videos and they have yeah. insight right there, too. Um, you got to take a test, of course. So you got to be able to know that what you're doing. Um, and I think that, you know, the the process here 
um, is that, you know, I feel like it's a good sense of community. You know, I've been fortunate to rep, obviously, already with two individuals that have different styles. But, um, you know, I know I have my own style. Uh, when I ref football, it's a little bit more animated, a little more outgoing, because, again, you have a flag football. You got to keep everyone in the same mindset, too. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, we're fortunate to have some really good referees that have been refing for a long time. I mean, you know, games that were teams were talking about, Severian Brothers to BC High to Cohasset to Dover Sherborne. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, those games are being officiated by officials that I'm sitting in class with or, you know, yeah. when we have our meetings to get together with. Um, I'm able to say, hey, I saw that referee years ago when I was <laughs> covering that big playoff game in Needham. So um, and I, it's just a testament to the fact that they want to be able to get a part, you know, be a part of it. And so it's a great it's a, we're lucky to have a good group up here, too. And, um, you know, so far, you know, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm already looking, you know, obviously I got games this week and. Uh, looking forward to got, uh, I'll be at uh, Burlington tomorrow, Woburn, Burlington, and then I've got a uh, North Reading versus Ipswich. And uh, later this season, I'm excited. I'll have a, um, you know, Lincoln Sudbury. It'll have St. Sebastian's. And I think, you know, every single game is a great opportunity to learn as an official. And uh, obviously, again, like I said, I definitely come away and I feel like I learned a lot more when I'm doing college games as a PA announcer, uh, like over at Harvard or yeah. UMass Boston. Uh, I, I kind of almost feel like I'm putting on my refing cap in a way. <laughs> Just kind of saying, okay, if I'm out there, like, you know, look at the hand signals they're using or, hey, um, did they get over the 20 seconds? You know, okay, turn the beeper off. Um, did they get the 10 seconds to get in the box to, you know, kind of for the possession? So um, definitely, like I said, it, it makes you look at the game a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, and as we both know, the high school game is is such different rules than the NCAA game. Uh, NEPSAC ISLs up here, including the St. Sebastians and the Nobles of the world, do play by the NCAA rules. Yeah. But, um, you know, when you're watching a typical game of, like, an example today, you know, Pinkerton Academy coming down to play Lincoln Sudbury uh, or vice versa. Uh, they're playing by the NFHS rules. And uh, those are kind of obviously the rules that across the country, other than private schools and this right. neck of the world are using. And I, I don't want to speak for, you know, there might be other private schools across the country that are playing with the NCAA rules. Yeah, uh, the MIA in Maryland, I know they do. And I think the Interact in Pennsylvania, I think, not 100%. I know the MIA does, but I think the Interact does as well. Yeah. So and you have the shot clock, you know, and that's that's yeah. a, that's that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Right, right, right. Um, so what what was your first game? Because I know that one's got to been. How many nerve? What were the nerves like before that first game? Who, who was your first game first? Sure, my first game was Winchester Maskinamit. So those are two ta- those are two communities, and uh, Maskinamit is a, is a regional school. So and we talked about Maskinamit a little while ago too, because again, they're just a really good boys lacrosse program, as we both know. Um, you know, as so we're walking into the game, obviously, you know, you're, you're initially saying to yourself, okay, like, you know, can you do this? And, uh, you know, I've been on the field, I've been in situations, whether it's in the college environment or, you know, obviously from coverage perspective. So definitely didn't feel too worried about being on the f- uh, field. You know, I think that there was some butterflies initially, you know, you're, you're looking around, you're playing it, you know, again, it's a JV game, but you want to be able to do the best that you absolutely can. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know, the minute the, the, you know, we, we sounded the whistle, had our first face off, kind of felt like you settled in. Um, can't say that I, you know, I was, it was my finest performance, uh, <laughs> walked away knowing that, Hey, I, I have to obviously, uh, get better. Um, but you know, I think at the end of the day that, you know, the second game, which was about literally 12, you know, about 24 hours later, um, you know, I think going into that one, there was a little bit more of a confidence level, um, which, you know, to me was, was good because it said, Hey, you know, I belong and go out there. Now, did I make some mistakes? Of course I did. Um, but, you know, I got a game, you know, game number three. My initial third game was uh, unfortunately rained out, unfortunately, which I'm surprised. We're, I'm telling you that we're not. This is lacrosse, <laughs> lacrosse right? Right, so, right, right. 
That's very um, rare. <laughs> yeah, I was I was stunned too. You know, there's a lot of cancellations, unfortunately, on Monday or postponements or changes of the schedule too. So uh, Mother Nature kind of threw a little bit of an interesting wrinkle in up here too. And getting over a head cold, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Um, but you know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, got, um, like I said, I got, uh, Burlington Woburn, that, that's, those should be, that should be a pretty good game. And, you know, a lot of the JV kids, like I said, can definitely play, um, yeah. you know, and, and one of my biggest goals as a referee and also not just from a coverage perspective, um, you know, I'm hoping obviously in the next couple of weeks, some, once some of my college commitments and other work commitments, you know, kind of quiet down a little bit is, uh, getting out to these more varsity games, you know, whether it's the top tier games or the middle tier games or some low games too, and that's the way that I'm definitely looking forward to learning here as well. Um, I've got aspirations. I definitely want to continue to be more of a referee, continue going forward for other sports. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you, though, Mike, I mean, hey, you know, it's uh, it, you know, everyone's got, you know, is going to have ups and downs. And um, I'm not going to say I'm perfect. Like I said, I've only had, I've got two games in the books at the moment here, too. Right. So I've got a long way to go. But uh, it's it's been good. And it's been a good experience as far. And definitely have enjoyed it. Yeah. So I got to ask you, what was the call that you missed that just drove you nuts? Uh, crease, crease violation. Actually. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, there was uh, two of them. Actually, I was going to say I, I missed two of them. And one of the coaches was saying, you know, how did you not see that? Um, there was a push play that should have been a, you know, a technical foul. So it should have been a flag down. Um, obviously doing the referee motion right, right there. Yeah. Just got my stuff, got my stuff behind me. Um, you know, so yeah, there's moments like those that I say to myself, Hey, and, and, and then the next, what was helpful, honestly, Mike was, you know, so I'm watching some of this, these play out, Bill Rick and Drake it. Next day, I'm sitting high above in Harvard Stadium, and I've got Harvard Cornell, and I saw one of the exact same calls that I missed yeah. that the referees obviously at that level got. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Cornell or Harvard coaches would have been too happy if someone missed a push in the crease. Um, but it was helpful for me to be able to identify, hey, that's that's the call that you missed, and that's how they handled it. And that's what you got to make sure that you do this. You know, think about the Harvard Cornell play. Now, again, people might be thinking, what the heck is this guy saying? But uh, from my end, I, I, it's, it's, it was helpful to be able to watch that game, you know, two days after going through your officiating yeah. and saying, OK, uh, this is a total different level. But, you know, these guys started where you were and uh, this is where you have aspirations of one day being. Yeah, and those guys have, probably have a few more than two games under their belt. So yeah, don't, exactly. I, I don't think you should, don't judge yourself too harshly against from where they no, are, where you are. No, but yeah, totally. it's, I think it's good. Yes, that you recognize like, oh, that's the play you missed because that just shows like obviously you want to know like, oh, I am getting better, I am improving on this. Yeah. Um, so what, what's been the? I mean, obviously only two games in, but you know, people, I think I, I feel like traditionally from refs, like I, you know blind like all you know everybody knows the cliches when it comes to referees and stuff like that and i think that's what people generally hear and what people associate when you talk about referees but talk i'd like to hear like what are some of the positive things that you've seen um in granted in your two games or just in the studying and with the people you've talked to because i'm sure they've probably shared stories with you um about you know what what it was like for them or, or whatever but like what are some of the more positive things that um you've seen or experienced so far Sure. So I, you know, I think the one of the biggest things is just the the the, the uh, camaraderie. You know, the the camaraderie, I would say, is what it is. Um, the Eastern Mass Lacrosse Officials Association. I've only been official, you know, around with them for a little bit, but I think that you know, one of the things that I would say is that uh, they, we have a great group of veteran uh, referees, those that obviously have coached and know the sport, um, all the way down to a bunch of newcomers too, and we're all coming in with um, with different. 
you know, experiences too. You know, my experience a little bit different, almost similar to yours too, with the reporting side and yeah. uh, working in college athletics as a, you know in the sports information office. So you know, scoring games as you know from a statistician. So um, you know, having to obviously and dealing with a lot of college coaches in the New England area from coverage and noontime sports, learning how to hey how to handle those type of situations. Um, I think that that's the thing that I really enjoy the most is that you know when you can uh, you know it's it's the same thing. I mean, I, I was talking the other day with a good friend who's also a first year referee. He hasn't had his first game yet. He's this is coming up soon. But I was saying, you know, we were talking. He's a basketball official, and we were talking about some of our experiences in adult sports leagues or in the basketball world. And I was saying, you know, when you have the partner that you have good camaraderie and good chemistry with. It really makes the difference. It helps you obviously understand the game, but it will able to help you and your partners identify where, hey Matt, you got to, you know, you didn't, you missed that call, or hey, you know, James, I, I noticed you didn't make that particular call too. And that was something that I felt was very helpful when I was refing flag football for a couple of those seasons, uh, going back to the spring of 2017 up to last fall. And you know, to me, I think that there, we got a good group of people that really want to learn the game and really want to be able to help. And and we've had some great, you know, people come in. Sean Murphy who's a very well-respected referee. Uh, I think he's Ref, uh, Ref Murph or Coach or Ref Murph, one, one of the two. His brother's the uh, the Bentley uh, men's lacrosse coach, uh, who's a great guy. And, um, you know, obviously there are local guys. And he's an inspiration, I think, to myself and to others. You know, he's a Bill Ricca guy. Um, you know, I think he played maybe either uh, low-end D2 or D3 lacrosse. But, you know, he's now obviously a pretty high-end-up guy. I think he was refing overseas last summer, maybe with – uh, the games over in Israel, I believe, possibly. Um, but, you know, he's he's very involved with the U.S. lacrosse. And I think that the biggest thing that they all stress to all of us is that, hey, this journey is all based on what you want to do. If you want to really invest yourself, you can really grow. You can become the referee that you want to be, too. Uh, I'm sure there's referees that are, you know, have been doing this, as we alluded to, the Harvard Cornell referees. I'm sure some of those guys have been doing this for 15, 20, 25 years. Uh, the other night I was working the UMass Boston men's lacrosse game when uh, the referee that I was dealing with was doing the shot clock, um, which, again, is another good way to also help learn in the game, too, is uh, comes over to me and says, hey, it's great to have young referees that are doing this. I've been doing this for 20 years. I ref mainly college, but I have uh, some great memories from refereeing the high school game, too. And I think that, you know, as the sport continues to grow and evolve, not just here in Massachusetts or in the New England area, but across well, down south, out west, um, out towards your neck of the woods here, too, uh, where I have family out in California. I know that obviously that's getting obviously a lot bigger out there, too, um, even in the great northwest as well. Uh, you're seeing a lot of names populating, especially from an, I can tell you from uh, writing for Inside the Cross covering D3 women's. You're seeing a lot of those names trick, you know, pop up on George Fox and Claremont Mind Scripts in Colorado College. Um, but I, I think that, you know, um, it's it, there's when you can bring a good a group of people together that want to do do, do something good for the sport. Uh, that's that's what makes this exciting. Yeah. So just kind of wrap up, like, who do you think should try and get involved with this thing? Because obviously, you know, I, I think like I got involved with reporting because I just my talent level, my passion for sports far, <laughs> far exceeded my athletic ability. Um, but, you know, who what, who are the type of people you think would be in, best fit for uh, refereeing and getting into it? Well, you know, I saw an interesting tweet after the Final Four uh, the other day about saying, hey, you know, to, to all those on Twitter and the Twitter world, if you think you know a thing or two, maybe it's a good time to sign up. You know, unfortunately, it seems like across uh, a lot of the sports, uh, not just in lacrosse, but there's definitely, a, a, unfortunately, uh, a downfall of numbers or numbers or retention obviously seems to be a big issue. We talk yeah. about uh, coaches sometimes, unfortunately, parents can be a, be a factor, too, um, administrations as well. Um, but I think the biggest thing I would say to anyone is that, hey, if you have a love or a passion or you want to really learn that sport, it's a great opportunity to get to, to, to join the committee, you know, join the groups, whether it's, uh, you know, near, 
buy or obviously getting involved with like a U.S. lacrosse, um, take advantage of the resources they provide too. I mean, I think that's something that, that I know that I'm definitely going to continue to use going back to, as I mentioned, the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. But I think that anyone obviously that's got a passion for sports and I think a passion for the game um, doesn't have to be lacrosse. It can be soccer, it can be field hockey, volleyball. Um, there's the opportunities are out there. Um, I have a lot of friends and colleagues, believe it or not, that are, have, you know, have become good repping friends. And when I decided, I told them that, hey, I want to pursue lacrosse officiating. No one said to me, oh, you're going to regret it. Everyone commended me, said, great job. They said, you know, I'm a football referee or I ref basketball. Um, you know, you definitely see the crossover for sure. Like, I think there's a lot of hockey officials and basketball officials because, again, uh, there's parallels from both those two games that you definitely see in lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, spacing is a great example, too, where, um, you know, the lead referee is going to be almost down the equivalent of where the baseline would be in basketball. And, you know, so, and so you know, think about blue line, red line, uh, for hockey right there too. But I, I think that honestly, it doesn't matter what, you know, obviously get involved. I mean, I know that they're on the women's side, um, they were looking for referees and I was happy to promote that through my social handles as well, whether it was through my personal one of Maddie Noon's 11 or Noontime Sports or Noontime Lax. Um, because, you know, again, I think that it's, it's, it's great if you want to get involved and, they, and we need referees. Um, we certainly need referees at all different levels um, because, you know, the game's growing. There's more kids that are getting involved, whether it's lacrosse or baseball or softball or whatever, um, you know, and, and, they, and they're definitely going to need that. And I, I think, you know, I know this is a lacrosse podcast, but I'm going to be an advocate. I went through the U.S. football train, uh, USA football training a couple summers ago online for flag football, and it was a great experience. And now I feel like I'm able to go out there when I do flag football and not only be able to officiate the rules the right way, but also teach. Um, and that's one of the things that I admire about this opportunity, you know, being able to, you know, take a young man or young woman and be able to say, Hey, um, this is how you have to do it. This is what you should be going through. This is the follow throughs. Um, and I also kind of go into the mindset too, which might sound a little bit cheesy and corny, but it's always been, um, you know, I, I strive to try to get better one day at a time. I know it sounds like a crazy cliche sports (laughs) analogy type of thing that we always hear from, uh, you know, Bill Belichick all the way down to your local high school coach that's coach JV volleyball. But um, I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the coaches make us better. Our referee groups make us better. Uh, the players make us better. And as long as you're able to invest your time into it, I think that that's really what's going to help you. And like I said, it's been a great experience as far. And I'm always happy to definitely tell people if they'd like to talk or communicate, um, they can tweet at me. I'd be happy to get the conversation started, whether it's online or offline. Um, but we certainly need referees more uh, across the board, not just in lacrosse. And uh, if you got a passion for the sport or you want to learn more about it and get involved, um, uh, well, hey, look, there's more teams that are popping up, more programs that are coming out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, they're going to definitely need more referees and more bodies. So it's a great opportunity for if you love sports uh, to try something different. And as somewhere similar to you, um, who's obviously bounced around in the communication world and, you know, it continues to dabble in the you know, media content creation um, it's something I've found is what, you know, I love sports, just like I know as much as you love sports too, Mike. Yeah. So it's honestly a great way to be able to stay involved in the world of sports, but in a different, different role. And you can grow in that role too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I think uh, you, we've obviously cut, talking lacrosse. I mean, it, they say it's the, the fastest growing sport on two feet. So as the sport grows, the need for referees, because obviously it's one of those things like, I mean, I've known coaches that they've missed their games because because they, they have assistants that can take over. Whether it's for you know family obligations or something mm-hmm. just happens, they can't coach the games. The game can go on without the head coach, but if the referees don't show up, there is no game. I mean, not to say that the head coach is expendable, but you know, I've known coaches that they've missed the first half, they've missed games, and the game does go on. 
referees don't show up, there's, you know, that's not going to end. There's a lack of them, you know. I mean, I know there have been games canceled in various states. Um, I haven't read about it so much this year. Uh, but then again, in past years, I've read like games have been canceled because they couldn't find referees. I think it was in Florida a couple years ago they had to cancel some games because they couldn't find enough referees to ref the game. So it's one of those things like a lot of states are in dire need of it. And as this sport continues to grow and get bigger, that need and strain on that pool is only going to get more. So like if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, like it's definitely one of those things like if you have a remote interest – it's probably worth just going through the process because maybe it is one of those things you find out like, oh, I like this more than I thought I did. Or if it's one of those things, if you're listening to this and you're one of those guys that sit on the couch and complain about the referee blowing <laughs> the call. I, I could do like this guy does. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, you could do better. It's one of those things like, all right, now's your time to prove it. <laughs> if you think you could do better, exactly. put your money where your mouth is and go for it and see what it is. Because, you know, I've, I've talked to, to guys and it's one of those things like, it's not as easy as you think, as you mentioned here, and I think you've explained very eloquently, like you're going to make mistakes. Like you're, you're uh, just a human out there and you're, you're learning the game, but even guys that are experienced, like you're going to miss things because you still have a human set of eyeballs. You have, you know, we don't have AI doing this stuff yet. Not yet. Stuff not process, yet. Yeah. You know, millions of times in a second. So, you know, there's still human eyeballs that have to keep the eyes on this stuff. And there's a, obviously with lacrosse, it happens fast. And there's yep. a lot going on. You're going to miss stuff every now and then. And, you know, mom and dad may just be watching their one kid. You're watching, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, oh, 20 kids. Them, and you, yeah. Know, yeah, you bring that good up. I mean, that, that, uh, there's the over and back and then there's the offside. So, uh, yeah, you bring up a really good point. I mean, when you're going on transition and you have substitutions coming into Mike. So, yeah, it's it's. There's a lot. There's a lot to get in on, and you know, occasionally the referee or the coaches will say, "Hey, that that they're hey they're offsides," and um, you know, or maybe they were, maybe they weren't. So you yeah. know, it's yeah, you're taking a, you're looking at the entire thing. So yeah, it's it's you're right. It's a fast moving sport, and um, you know, there's a lot of bang bang plays that happen too as well. Yeah, and I always find it funny because you always hear mostly in NFL games they're like, "Oh, that's or even basketball, it's like good non call," and it's one of those things like if you're if you're officiating from yeah. like these are the rules. There really is not a good non-call, but no. there is like, you know, some people, maybe, maybe the ref missed that and they're like, oh, you know, people aren't mad, but then again, right. <laughs> like, but it's just one is like, I, you know, it's one of those, like the more and more I read and more and more I learn, like, I think it's one of those, like, I think referees probably get the short end of the stick more so than a lot of other um, areas in, in various sports. Uh, you don't really hear anybody yelling about the peanut guy at baseball games. So, you know, it's like exactly, what it's like. Exactly. But uh, and I, I'm not going to be to say, like, I've, as an Oriole fan, I railed against the uh, one of the, the umpires when they lost to the Yankees when the little kid reached over and stole the stole the home run ball. Like, that was our uh, – I'm going to forget the Cubs guy's <laughs> name. And as a guy living in Chicago, I'm probably going to get thrown out of the city. But <laughs> you guys know who I'm talking about. Like, you know, I've done my fair share of yelling, yelling at refs through, on the couch. But – I've, I like to think I've grown and learned over the years and, and matured and realized like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not quite as easy. It's easy when you're sitting on the couch and you have the benefit of instant replay. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really just, easy. Yeah. Or if you have an index card in your pocket and you're Gene Steratore. So yeah, I was going to say help my Dallas Cowboys for at least one week, but uh, that was, that that's one of the craziest moments as an official that I've watched. And uh, you know, I didn't realize he's a basketball guy too. I know he was chiming in during the March madness a couple of times when I turned in. So he's, uh, there's another guy right there. You want to be like someone like him? I mean, there's referees, Mike Pereira on Sunday afternoons. You yeah. can be that Mike Pereira eventually, maybe for the PLL down the road, or uh, maybe eventually, hey, who knows, if, you know, th- where things are going with Major League Lacrosse or other lacrosse leagues. You could be 
that guy one day that they could say, hey, listen, we got Mike Loveday on the line. We got Matt Newton. We got uh, Joe Smith. And uh, hey, what did you see on that call? Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be great for people to at least if you have any remote interest, then, you know, just kind of check it out. See, you know, maybe it is for you. Maybe it's Without not. You no, know, but, you know, it's definitely worth something I think worth exploring. And as this sport continues to grow, something that is definitely in need, um, probably more so than some some other areas. So, uh, well, Matt, I'm going to let you go. But before we do, um, let people know if they want to follow your refereeing journey or if they want to follow your writing. Like, where, where can people find you online? Yeah, I, I, I'm actually going to go film my next uh, promo right now when we get done with this. I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I was going to say you can uh, follow on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Uh, we have obviously a lacrosse-specific Twitter handle that's at Noontime Lax, N-O-O-N-T-I-M-E Lax. Uh, you can follow my personal one at Matty Noons, M-A-T-T-Y-N-O-O-N-Z 11. Uh, but Noontime Sports, and uh, we'll definitely keep tweeting at you with uh, our New England notebook. So uh, we got to talk about Greenwich, I guess, next time or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Connecticut folks are saying, wow, he keeps tagging CT game time and giving Hearst Media a lot of love. Why don't we talk about Greenwich? <laughs> and it gets one of those, like, it's still, like, it, it was hard because I know we wanted to, to do this, and some of this was predicated on, you know, schedule, scheduling conflicts, but it was one of those, yeah. like, it's still so early in the season. It's It's – it's hard to talk about some of these areas because there's really like, there's a few games, but you know, it's, you don't want to make someone's judgment off, you know, two or three games into the season either. But like, Oh, you know, everybody's just time to pack it up. You know, quit your season. You lost two games. Like, no, that's not, you know, it's not the case. So it's, it's, it's hard for your area. Cause I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, like they've been playing for a while. I mean, Maryland's kind of like, they'll be done in May. Like, you know, it's one of those, like, some states are wrapping up and you guys are really just getting started. So it's, uh, yeah, no, it's tough. Absolutely. I mean, Greenwich B. Wilton in, uh, in a, a crazy overtime game. So that's a big FCIAC uh, uh, win last Saturday. And obviously, uh, Jack Fada and Will uh, Mon- uh, Montia Ticey, or as I say, Montisi Montisi. I, I know I apologize, I'm butchering his name, but, uh, you know, the fact that obviously it was a tough, you know, over seven, six overtime loss to John Jay, you know, so it's, uh, hey, good for, you know, Wilton. I mean, that's the Cardinals are three and oh, obviously has of last Saturday and Wilton's one and two. So um, uh, we'll talk maybe Greenwich next time we connect, but yeah, just want to give a little love out to them too. Hey, Daniel Hand too. I mean, they, 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 they just, they're like the door. They're like the, you know, they, they get taken to the ball, the ball and they just kind of get dropped off at the door or something like that and say, oh, we'll go through. You hang out out here the yeah. past couple of years in the CIAC. So, and, you know, New Canaan, I saw them, you know, beating, uh, you know, winning a championship for basketball. So, you know, that, that, that particular area of Connecticut is just, on fire when it comes to that sport in lacrosse yeah and i think i i couldn't let any mention of connecticut can't because uh, it was darian and ridgefield darian, it was uh, yeah. it was the rematch i wrote about it in my northeast notebook this week but they that that was a game like i think it was one like i was not surprised by the outcome because i had a feeling the the blue wave was going to come out a little uh a little irritated because ridgefield ended that, that was such a right. uh Darian it was 76 straight games, which is the third longest streak in the nation of all time now. And I mean, not to say that they would have really challenged for that 91 game winning streak this year, but if they had gotten through that game and from what I read of the report, I guess Ridgefield did a little bit of the hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they, they held the ball a little bit to keep it, which is a fantastic strategy when you know you can't outscore the team. It's like you you got to win the game, but uh, you know, it's one of those, like, I think it rubbed people, some people the wrong way, but not, not the Ridgefield fans, but that rematch was, 
I think on Mon. No, it was one day last week. I think it was last yeah, week. Yeah, it was. And, uh, yeah. So Darien's three and zero because they they beat in your town of New York. They beat in West Hill. And then, uh, and then Ridge, uh, Ridgefield obviously is two and one with the loss. You know, defeated Norwalk twenty one to one, and then uh, Briarcliff, New York. So they they at least rebounded after losing to Darien, I believe too. But uh, yeah, they, they've got uh, you know they're actually playing Greenwich on this particular evening. So and then. Uh, Fairfield Prep is off to a 2-0 start as well. Glastonbury's 3-0. Uh, Wilton, again, 1-2. I'm not going to count them out just yet. I mean, they're playing John Jay and they're playing Greenwich. So, I mean, like, you know, they beat Stanford 16-2. So, uh, I guess I, I, the only other team from Connecticut right now, I mean, it's still early again. Like, here's Mass. Uh, Weston uh, went over Notre Dame, uh, Weston, West Haven. They beat Immaculate, uh, Immaculate. Then they also beat Ford and Prep out of New York. So, um, they got a good uh, showdown coming up, obviously, on, let's say, the 16th, so next week when they take on Newtown. So that's going to be kind of obviously a tough one for them, too. But, yeah, Darien, Ridgefield, New Canaan, Fairfield, Prep, and Greenwich, um, and then Glastonbury, too. But, yeah, I mean, beating Ridgefield uh, and then, you know, obviously beating uh, Yorktown, too. Yeah. Uh, Darien right now just continues to be the team to beat in Connecticut, as we, which is no surprise. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see. I'm actually going to be seeing them in a couple weeks because they're playing in that Geico um, lacrosse showcase at St. Anthony's here in a few weeks, and I'm actually heading east because it was it, there was too many enticing matchups for me to to miss that. Yeah, got to be there, Mike. Got to be there. <laughs> and, and I've gone to the Geico thing the previous two years, so it was kind of like I kind of took it for granted that I was going to go, and I was like, well, when I saw the lineup, I was like, well, now I got to go. <laughs> right. So, no, absolutely. But I thought that was that was probably the perfect sense. Started in Massachusetts, talked a little bit of ref, finished in Connecticut. So I think that we was got to got to give the nutmeg state state a little love here too. Well, next time we'll try to get some Thornton Academy of Maine and uh, a few others, obviously included as well. But uh, yeah, that's th- those are kind of I guess kind of a few a few hot takes or some thoughts right now I could give you from. I mean, uh, the other one too is uh, Champlain Valley up uh, Vermont uh, last week. Obviously, a fourteen to seven win over Rice. Uh, Chris Abril highlighted with two goals and two assists. Uh, Champlain, as we both know, is a powerhouse in Vermont for high yep. school. So uh, they look like they probably are off to a good start, and they probably should again be the team to beat. I'm thinking it's like the equivalent of Division One up there. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Like th- those are states that it's a, like I mean, as we've talked and mentioned earlier, like the the media landscape is challenging, and obviously the smaller the state, <laughs> it just seems to become yep. a little bit even more challenging because in some of those states, lacrosse just isn't as widely publicized um, as others. And obviously the smaller the state, probably the smaller the newspaper, smaller the staff. So, you know, and tough to figure out which games are going to get covered from some, some weeks. So, uh, yeah. yeah we're division, but, uh, that's right. It was division one. Cause they beat Bellows free last year, 16 to six. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that was to say, uh, coach, uh, Trevithic has definitely got another good team and, 17 and one last year. And obviously off to that good start here too. I guess you could also say right now, Harwood union, uh, U32 has always been a team that I've always kind of kept in my radar when I've had to do the, some of the high school stuff a couple of years ago too, for uh, division two, but yeah, Champlain Valley, Champlain Valley right now should be union should be, uh, I mean, if you get off to a good start, beat rice, I, you know, I think that they're probably again, the team to be, uh, they've had, they've won consecutive championships. So I think that that's hard to kind of derail them at this point. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to have you on again later, kind of when some of these states have a little bit more um, uh, season under their <laughs> under their belt. So yeah. probably a few more a few more games to talk about. And I think by that time, some of the it'll be fun to revisit our earlier conversations because that could very well be the only two games BC High loses for the rest of the year. <laughs> so right, yeah, I was going to say yeah, honestly, completely different again. conversation at that point uh, versus this point. So we have to revisit that. So Matt, I appreciate you being on. Uh, thank you so much. And again, I'll have links to everywhere you guys can find Matt. Um, online at laxrecords.com. 
Thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, thanks a lot, Mike. A lot of fun.